Welcome to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. It's your long-standing host of the show, Robert Hunt, with another great week of helping you understand the financial news that can sometimes be misleading and take you off course. But have no fear. We make it actionable, understandable, and clear. Have no fear. We make it clear. There's your bumper sticker. This week, some good data for you. We are actually going to look at an advertisement I received titled, No Better Time to Be an Actor, Active Investor, asking me to join a webinar. And then we're going to look at a New York Times article. That's right. Don't use them a lot, but here we go. Why are mortgage rates so high and how long will they stay up? I want to talk a little bit about the personal financial implications of these high rates and the way we can think about them. And then in closing, we're going to go into Robert's Corner. That's right. Your favorite. My favorite. We dip our toe into the waters here at Robert's Corner. We're actually going to look at cell phone plans and power bills. You heard that right. Cell phone plans and power bills. So... You're definitely going to want to stay to the end of the show. Big ROI on making it the full 16 and a half to 17 and a half minutes. Sometimes when I go long, 19, admittedly, with the intro and the outro, etc. So, at the top. Let's look at this advertisement I received by, a, I'm sure, a fine group called Harbor Capital. Titled, No Better Time to Be an Active Investor. And just by way of review, what is an active investor? It's someone who is seeking to pick the stocks they think are undervalued and show great promise and not pick the stocks they think are overvalued and show little promise. Hence, they seek to be able to outperform the market or the index. So the advertisement begins. It's no secret at Harbor that we advocate for getting active. Hmm. By bringing advisors and their clients, that would be some of you, access to some of who we believe are the best in their craft. We strive to provide you with investment solutions that seek diversification, a cornerstone to thoughtful, active investing. Markets are not known to stand still. And we believe, you hear that believe? It's almost a religious belief. It's not almost, it is a religious belief. We believe staying active helps us stay ahead of trends, proactively address client concerns, and continue to innovate around ways to help you and your clients meet their long-term investing goals now. We all know my punchline here, or at least many of you know the punchline here. And I don't read this in any way to, to mock Harbor or make light of their business. I know full well that without active investors, I'd be in trouble because those active investors help make the market efficient. But I want us to take captive some thoughts here. One of which is, have you ever heard of the phraseology as a music man, he says, watch your phraseology, man. Have you ever heard the phraseology? It's a great stock picker's market. There's a great time to be stock picking. Have you ever heard that? Oftentimes, that phraseology is given when the market's choppy, meaning up, down, in a tight pattern, not going up, not going down, because what they're saying is, ah, aha. So you see, you index fund people, if I pick the right stocks in the flat markets, I can go up. Whereas you're still going to be stuck, Luddite that you are, in the chop, in the mess, not going forward at all. 
Also, have you heard the phrase, hey, there's a lot of cash on the sidelines? A lot of cash on the sidelines. Get ready. Have you ever considered? Do you know how much cash is on the sidelines after all that cash on the sidelines gets deployed? The exact same amount. That's right. If there's $100 billion on the sidelines, quote-unquote, and it all gets deployed in the stock market, the exact same amount's on the sidelines for every buyer there's a seller. We use U.S. dollars to pay for stocks, so be careful with that turn of phrase as well. So we go back to the data, the SPIVA report, SPIVA. Go ahead and Google it if you want. 95% of active funds will fail to beat their respective indices over a 15-year period, roughly speaking. But uh, the marketing departments for these folks are not going away. So this group's out of Chicago, Illinois. They give various reasons. Then this webinar, they're going to teach us why the current investment environment is very different post-global financial crisis, why the current investment environment is more conducive for skilled active management. You need more active management for your clients, the conditions that are needed for active managers to add value, the current environment for stock picking, and then they say, don't be fooled. Why index investing does not equal passive investing. Bam, bam, bam. You see that? You see that? They're taking aim at us, investor. But take heart. Take heart. Low-cost investing is in great shape. And it's all about, I think, less about the efficient market theory. I don't really care that much how efficient markets are. I know they are, but that's not what motivates me to be an index fund investor. I call it the cost matter hypothesis. So it really is cost that's the great driver in the difference, both from a tax efficiency and just overall expense ratio. So even if the markets became very inefficient, so they say, whatever that means, as long as I keep my costs low, you've heard that before, my investing some, my time rising long, let's go back to that cost low, I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to be just fine. So the last gasp of active investing, the ashes are still have embers burning them from these marketing departments. They're going to take aim at you. Just just keep, keep calm and carry on. As the plaque in your mother's kitchen says, keep calm and carry on. Up next, mortgage rates. Oh, these are doozies. This is a, actually an article a couple weeks ago, August 26th, by Mr. Gregory Schmidt. New York Times, why are mortgage rates so high and how long will they stay up? Isn't that the question? Economists say loan rates are affected by a complicated combination of factors, but there are tactics consumers are, can use to land a lower rate. So this shows a 7.23% 30-year fixed rate mortgage. So just to put that in perspective, okay, that's 7.23%. People were getting rates in the twos a couple years ago, post-COVID rates in the twos. So the article says mortgage rates are running at a 22-year high crimping a housing market squeezed by high prices. Home buyers face an average rate of 7.23% on a 30-year fixed mortgage, the most popular in the U.S. The rise in rates has cooled demand for homes, although i got to tell you, anecdote, um, doesn't feel like that all the time in our beloved Dallas, Texas. It just, it just does not. Any seller, article continues, any sellers who locked in low rates are reluctant to put their homes on the market. Yep problem. 
So what's going on with mortgage rates? I actually thought this was pretty good, okay? It starts with the bond market, it says. So it's all about this 10-year treasury bond. And people are hunting pools of money, roam around like a lion seeking yield to devour, okay? And when they seek yield, if they see that a risk-free rate in the 10-year treasury is up, they're gonna demand a whole lot more for a 30-year mortgage that involves risk. And I thought this was interesting. So the, the salient question here, how long will rates stay high? I feel like I'm getting this question a lot because folks are looking at me and they're saying, well, can we even buy a house right now? And I just think these mortgage rate calculators are so sobering. If you plug in today's actual rate, about 7.3%, the actual interest that you'll owe versus three, the numbers are staggering. And what is frustrating, at least in my, our beloved Dallas, Texas, is that the home prices are not dropping. So you're in the same market, it feels like competitively, it feels like there's less product outstanding for you to choose from, less houses, because this, as this article mentioned, hey, people aren't putting their houses up for sale because rates are high and they don't know where to go. They may have locked in a low rate, they can't go anywhere. So it just means less supply, which means prices keep chopping up, but your rate on money is so high, so what your affordability is so much lower. I don't have a good answer for that. I wish I did. This article seeks to give a little glimmer of hope here. Economists predict that mortgage rates will remain elevated for at least a few more months. Oh, it's not so long. And even when they start to come down, they're expected to settle well above the 3% rates that home buyers enjoyed during the early stage of the pandemic. This gentleman, a Mr. Yoon, said he expected rates to begin falling by the end of the year, it's 2023, possibly dropping to 6% by spring. The rationality and economic logic says the rate should be lower, he said, pointing out the Fed has already slowed its interest rate increases. So the Mortgage Bankers Association, which is an industry group, recently forecast the average 30-year mortgage rate would fall to 5% by the fourth quarter of next year, 2024. Well, that's something, right? I mean, that, that gets us back into a range that feels more palatable for the buyer. Um, they give you, this article says, hey, here's what we can do. Have a strong credit score, duh. Have a big down payment, yep. And, uh, but my experience is buying homes, at least in this market, it's so competitive that uh, you really don't have a lot of room to wiggle here. Um, so my buyer beware would, would say, don't bet on rates going down. So I actually don't recommend someone signing up for a 30-year rate they really can't afford and then hoping and wishing and praying that two and a half, three years later, rates are more reasonable and you can refinance. Uh, I don't like that idea. I also don't like the idea of an adjustable rate mortgage. Um, hoping that rates drop. I think that's a little more uh, permissible if you can lock it in on maybe a 5-1, 10-1 where it's fixed and then floats. You may get a better rate, but even then I don't love it. I'd love for us to be able to own and operate uh, within the rate structure that's provided. And it's not fun. So no easy ways out there. But... Um, I don't like stretching on housing, which maybe makes me weird. I just don't like lack of margin. So there's your fun uh, Johnny Sunshine mortgage rate segment. And then into Robert's Corner, all of our favorite spot. It's a wonderful day in the corner. 
Won't you be mine? Won't you be mine? Won't you come into Robert's Corner? So today in Robert's Corner, I'm going to focus on two things. It is common that when I meet with a client, they kind of show the budget and they say, show me the fat. Where can I cut? My experience is I used to, in my green days as an advisor, just take out the hatchet. I would just chop stuff left, right, and center without remorse, without emotion, without any sort of prep work. I'm watching the husband and the wife's eyes get bigger as I just slash all these fun things they like. That doesn't work, typically. For most people, that doesn't work. It takes a bigger vision, a bigger goal to actually go without, because you got to know what you're going out without for. However, there are a couple items on a budget that I don't have to change quality of life to save money on. Yes, that's the beloved cell phone plan and electricity in Texas. So this is on my mind today, uh, or this week rather, because I just hopped out of a, a cell phone plan and it's it's not super easy, but it's worth it. So believe it or else, and I'm going to change this plan, but I'm I'm on a $10 a month cell phone plan. That's right. This is why you listen to the Robert Hunt Financial Podcast. Who else is doing this? No one else is living this life for you, the listener. I'm paying 10 bucks a month. I'm on AT&T's network, but I use a service called Red Pocket. I was previously on a group called Mint Mobile. These are called MVNOs. Stands for Mobile Virtual Network Operators. They resell minutes and data and text from the big three carriers, Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T. So what I found is clients, friends, are willing to save money, and you can, I mean, 10 bucks a month is a little egregious. It won't last. I'm probably going to upgrade to a $20 a month deal, $25 a month deal. But when you look at the kind of primary legacy carrier rates, if any of you are on them, they're usually like 50 bucks and up. So here you go. Here's an opportunity if you're willing to handle a little bit of brain damage to get on. Mint Mobile is who I used to use. They use the T-Mobile network. Not as good in rural areas of Texas and Colorado. That's why I made the jump. Red Pocket I'm trying out for you, the listener. For me, of course, as well. Where at Red Pocket, I get to use any of the three networks. Same price. AT&T happens to be good in my state. We're headquartered in Dallas. Used to be headquartered in San Antonio. So I'm giving it a shot, and it works well. It's all the same. Same call quality. They don't throttle that. Same text. The data does get throttled. So if you go to, like, a Cowboys game, you're probably not going to get the best speeds. I was down at an Aggie game with a um, Mint Mobile, the MVNO for T-Mobile, which it's like I'm on the freeway that the T-Mobile people are on the toll road, and it was a little slower for me. That's okay. Doesn't happen a lot. You save some money. So... I recommend giving it a shot. Try out a red pocket or something else. If, if typically, you know, you're gonna save 50 bucks a month. That's something. And then for your power bill, I recommend people go to powertochoose.org. And again, electricity is electricity. These are commodities. Cell quality is typically a commodity, especially in the city it is, in the rural areas. As I mentioned, AT&T is better in Texas. But for your power bill, the juice is the juice. There's no, no one walks into your house and says, you have got to tell me who your electricity providers. I just love the consistency of the voltage, the electrons when they pop through to these lights. I just do tell, pray tell who your provider is. No one does that. No one does that. No one cares. So just shop for price. Powertoose.org. Uh, I recommend as long a term as you can stomach. So 36 months because it's not fun to go and have to change these terms. But shop for the lowest rate. 
plug in a rate that's similar across the 500,000 and 2,000 kilowatt hour usage mark so you're not playing the game and that's probably a, another 500,000 bucks saved so just when you thought that you weren't sure what sort of ROI this 17 minutes would give you you stepped into Robert's corner you're going to save some money so I'll, I'll keep you apprised on my cell phone journey again um I guess technically I'm paying six bucks a month because I'm on a little teaser rate for my cell phone coverage. Uh, one gigabyte of data and they throttle you, but the throttling hadn't really happened. So it's kind of a, hmm, I think they're just being nice to me. I've read they're just being nice. I'm sure they'll cut it off soon. So I'll probably get upgrade to 25 bucks a month because we can do that. So um, these little things can help. They don't move the needle in a big way. So be careful to not just push the peas on your plate or rearrange deck chairs on the Titanic. Housing and transportation are the big drivers and costs, so start there. But where you can, and it doesn't make a difference to your lifestyle, why not? So thanks for coming to Robert's Corner. As always, keep those costs low, keep that investing simple, and keep that time horizon long, because that's what's going to give you the best shot on your investing journey. Until next time.